Welcome back, Giants fans. I have been making Giants commentaries since 2018, that season. This is the first time the Giants have been over 500 since I've been doing Giants commentaries. And it's crazy that that's a real thing, but it's true. This is the first time the Giants have been over 500 since 2016. And it's just crazy to think about. But we finally got here. Six years later, the Giants pull off the upset victory at Tennessee, and they beat the Tennessee Titans on a missed game-winning field goal chance by the Titans themselves. So it was awesome. Brian Dable, giant balls, and went for two when most coaches probably would have played for the tie, but Brian Dable went for it. The Giants converted led to a missed field goal when we thought we were going to lose. And, you know, because it felt like typical Giants. Like, oh, the Titans will go down the field and kick a game-winning field goal, and this will all go for nothing. But luckily they missed, and we are on the right side of a very close game for once, which does not happen very often. So it's a great feeling. It's great to be 1-0. And look, I don't want to go too far ahead. Next week is pretty winnable, so you never know. But anyway, we're going to talk about this game, this victory. Very hyped about it, so let's get into it. Let's just start with Saquon. Barkley off the top and how special he was in this game. He had his most rushing yards in a game since December 22nd, 2019. This man has not rushed for this many yards since COVID was a thing. So Saquon Barkley went out here today against a run defense last year that was like either one, two, or three. They were very good. I did it in the preview video. I forget the exact number, but the Titans run defense was very good last season. Top three in the NFL. Saquon Barkley went out there today Averaged 9.1 yards per carry, had a rushing touchdown, and had 18 carries for 164 yards. Also added 6 catches for 30 yards through the air. Now in the first half, it wasn't the biggest game from him, but he was looking okay. And then, you know, he was running hard too. He definitely was running harder than we saw in the previous years, and he just looked right, right? So Saquon comes out in the third quarter, one of the first few plays, I think, in the third quarter, and has like that 60-70 yard run down the left sideline. And that was like, wow, I have not seen that type of Saquon. Saquon run in a very long time. We saw some Saquon plays from last year. I remember that Thursday night game against Washington early in the season. He had like a 40, 50 yard run, but we have not seen Saquon look that explosive since honestly 2018. So to see him look this good in a contract year, I mean, that's awesome for him, but also awesome for the Giants. He was awesome in this game and you got to give credit to the offensive line. They definitely did a good job run blocking, pass blocking, not so much. I mean, some of that was on the pass blocking. Some of that was on Daniel. Jones, and we'll get into that, but I would say overall, Saquon Barkley just had a magnificent day, and if he can continue that, I mean, we're talking about comeback player of the year, possibly leading the NFL in rushing. I know Jonathan Taylor had a big day today, but like, you know, you never know. So hopefully Saquon can keep that up and stay healthy this year because he's going to put up very special numbers if he can do that. Now, offensively, passing the ball wise, it wasn't like the biggest passing game for the Giants. Of course, the Sterling Shepard play comes to mind. That play was a 65-yard touchdown in the third quarter. And that was big because not only like because it's a, a long touchdown and that's great, but it's big for us Giants fans because we have not seen many deep throws in the past couple couple years like you try to go back and think of how many deep long pass touchdowns the Giants have had in recent memory and there's not many you think of the Justin Ross play against the Saints Darius Slayton's had a couple but like there's not many and for the Giants to go deep and have a big play with Sterling Shepard who we have not seen really have that many deep ball shots 
as a giant in recent years and to have him go for 65 yards and I think tie the game at that point I mean that was awesome so hopefully they keep pushing the ball downfield and they weren't that aggressive pushing the ball downfield because the running game was working so well but it was still better than what we saw with Jason Garrett's offense as a team the Giants had 156 passing yards Daniel Jones had 188 passing yards I don't know how that correlates how does Daniel Jones have 188 and the Giants have 156 I feel stupid for not knowing that but someone correct me in the comments anyway um but yeah Daniel Jones was 17 of 21 188 and two touchdowns one interception the interception was bad it was really bad and we saw Brian Dable kind of get in his face after not screaming at him but being like bro like you you can't do that so he tried throwing a back shoulder to Saquon he, he got the one-on-one matchup but like when you're throwing a back shoulder pass you would ideally like to have the guy in man coverage and they technically were in man coverage but Amani Hooker, who was guarding Saquon, was like 10 yards off him. So he was able to stare down Daniel Jones the entire time. And here's Saquon Barkley running away from the ball and having to come back from it. It was just an awful decision, awful throw, especially in the red zone and where they were at that point in the game. So yeah, we do see that from Daniel Jones time to time. He just sometimes just doesn't get it mentally. I don't know why, but you know, if, if he can limit those plays, that would be great. But in Daniel Jones's defense, there were some offensive line really bad moments today. And also there was a drop by Richie James games where it wasn't the best ball but it was definitely catchable where Richie James had to slide and catch that ball on third down it was early in the fourth quarter when they were down seven so that was a big play there that Daniel Jones could have had if his receiver caught it now some of the sacks I'm not going to go through every single one obviously I can't remember every single one but some of the sacks it felt like Daniel Jones was kind of running into them it's not like it was all in the offensive line some were the offensive line and some was Daniel Jones not having the best pocket awareness so you would hope that stuff cleans itself up as time goes on but on that final drive where the Giants took the lead there was that fourth and one rollout play with Daniel Jones, like a bootleg to his left play action rollout. And he sold it so well. Like I have never seen Daniel Jones do this in three years of watching him. He did like this fake handoff, kept the ball like in between, like, you know, tight to his chest and acted like Saquon Barkley got the ball. It was kind of like Aaron Rodgers. We see Aaron Rodgers have these sick play action plays where like he acts like he handed the ball off, but actually still has the ball. And Daniel Jones was able to do that. And Daniel Jones beat the guy to the edge and got the first down on fourth and one. And of course, there was the Chris Myerick touchdown to uh, get down by one to make it 19-20 Tennessee at that point. And, you know, at that point in the game, we're like, all right, the Giants are down by a point, extra point pending. We're going to possibly go to overtime here. And then Brian Dable said, no, 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 we're going to go for the win here. And I was a bit nervous. I was. I think analytically, it makes sense. There is an argument to go for two in situations like that. But I just figured with the Giants' luck, it was not going to work. But then they had that play straight out of the Kansas City Chiefs playbook, probably implemented by Mike Kafka, where they had one of their you know playmakers. It was Saquon Barkley for the Chiefs. It's often Travis Kelsey. I saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire have a touchdown today doing this, where they will put one of their guys in motions. The quarterback will just do a little shovel pass. And Saquon caught it. He dove in, got the two point conversion so that was an awesome goal line play right there by the Giants like formation wise scheme wise and play calling wise and at that point the Giants went up 21-20 and it was like holy crap the Giants have a very late fourth quarter lead over the Tennessee Titans they were five and a half point underdogs it's week one let's go but we all probably figured the Titans were going to go down the field and get in field goal range or even score a touchdown or just make it a very manageable field goal and that was going to be it. So the last Titans drive happens and the Giants unfortunately had a couple of defensive holding calls that really put them in a hole. One of them was Austin Colitro, I forget who it was against, and then Darnay Holmes had one against Kyle Phillips. So the Titans, due to the Giants not being disciplined defensively, kept getting first down after first down. Then they were around midfield, and Kyle Phillips, speaking of him, he caught a very nice pass down the left 
left sideline from Tannehill. It was well placed against Darnay Holmes. And at that point, they got themselves in field goal range, and that's when it felt like, oh my God, the Giants are going to lose this game because Kyle Phillips went out at like the 26-yard line of the Giants, so they were very much in field goal range at that point. I think when you're out around the 26, that's like a 43, 44-ish yard field goal. Then they ran that weird, stupid play where Tannehill ran and lost three yards, and then that set up a 47-yard game-winning field goal attempt down 21 to 20 for the Titans kicker, Randy Bullock. It's funny, I went to Twitter to search how far the field goal was, and I, I, I typed in Randy Bullock, and the next thing that came up was Randy Bullock fat. I was like, oh, okay, that's not nice. But anyway, so Randy Bullock goes on for the 47-yard field goal, and the Giants iced the kicker, and shout out to the ref. I know the ref came in there and took the snap away and didn't let him get a practice kickoff, so shout out to the ref. And then Randy Bullock sets up, I think it was on the right hash maybe, and he sets up for the 47-yard field goal, and he hooks it too far to the left. It looked good like the first second. Then you see it keep tailing, keep tailing. And sometimes field goals are tricky. They're like knuckleballs from Tim Wakefield. Sometimes they just bounce around and, you know, somehow get into the last second. But this one went far left and it was just jubilation in my living room. It just felt awesome. Like I had some PTSD from last year when I was streaming that game against the uh, Washington football team when we thought the Giants won. Then Dexter Lawrence was off sides. Like five seconds later, they threw the flag. So I was waiting a bit to just be sure this game was over and then you know I count to like five Mississippi in my head I don't see any flags and I'm like this really just happened the Giants really just went to Tennessee against the freaking one seed from last year I know they lost some pieces blah 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 but Tennessee is supposed to be a good team the Giants are not so to go to Tennessee and get that win in that environment was awesome and look it wasn't perfect there was the awful interception they had so many defensive breakdowns especially with their linebackers and coverage they made this Dontrell Hillier guy who played behind Derrick Henry looked like freaking 2019 Christian McCaffrey the guy like two receiving touchdowns so that was not ideal and I think we play the Panthers next week so that might not be good but the linebackers and coverage was awful there were too many times where Tannehill was dropping back the pass and he was able to set a tent back there and just was chilling for five seconds and found his open guys you know whether it was Woods or Phillips over the middle and Traylon Burks just too much of that crap but I know the Giants had their two best pass rushers out so don't comment going oh they didn't have Aziz they didn't have Kayvon I know but I'm just saying, when those guys come back, they got to get better with the pass rush. And speaking of the pass rushers, I do know O'Shane Zimenez batted down a pass on the last drive, so shout out to him for that. It just didn't seem like the Giants got much pressure in this game. There were a few times Tannehill had to roll out and make a throw on the run or throw it away, so I guess that counts as pressure. But they really didn't have many sacks. Their one sack was from Timon Fox. I don't even remember that happening, so I just I forget. It probably was not in like a big part of the game. But yeah, the pressure on Tannehill was not enough. But I will say, they were able to hold Derrick Henry in check. I mean, Derrick Henry averaged 3.9 yards per carry, 21 carries, 82 yards. And I said this in the preview video on Friday. I said to you guys, you know, Derrick Henry, although he will have those games where he has like 30 carries for 180 yards and two touchdowns, there are the games where Derrick Henry will have like, I think I said 23 carries for like 74 yards. And it was one of those games. It was 21 for 82. So I was close enough. But Derrick Henry will have these games every now and then. And the Giants luckily were able to, you know, stop him and really just not let him take over the game. And, you know, guys like Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams definitely deserve credit. But even some other guys, like I think Julian 
Love stood him up once. Tay Crowder rocked his shit one time. I, I don't know how that happened. I think Henry might have been in the air. He was kind of like hopping over a guy that was on the ground. And Tay Crowder just comes out of nowhere, just knocks him over. I was like, wow, was that Tay Crowder? So Tay Crowder made a good tackle on him. DJ Davidson, the rookie, had a good tackle. He was like a six-round pick. So there were guys that stepped up and made big tackles in the run game today. So I love seeing that. I think even Aaron Robinson had a good tackle. I think Henry was running to the left side, and Aaron Robinson like just somehow got his ankle and was able to trip up Henry. So, you know, these guys were not scared to tackle Derrick Henry. That's a scary task. A person like me who is barely 5'9 and just would never be on an NFL field, if you said, hey, Mike, go tackle Derrick Henry, I'd be like, I'm good. I know it's these guys' jobs, but tackling a guy that's like, what is Derrick Henry, 6'3", 247 pounds, it's not something that is fun to do. Some other stuff, um, Wandale Robinson left the game, I believe, in the first quarter with a knee injury, and it was just like, it was. It sucked because the Giants were down like 13 nothing at that point, and then it was just like another wide receiver injury added on to the fact that Kadarius Toney was not playing, which we'll go over in a second. But yeah, Wandale Robinson, Jordan Ronan just like kind of retweeted somebody saying that, Wandale is, um, he had an x-ray, it was negative, he's getting an MRI tomorrow, and hopefully it looks good, but Wandale seems pretty uh, confident that he should be fine, so hopefully Wandale's okay, um, he will definitely be one of the Giants, like, leading target guys if he's able to be on the field this year. Kenny Galladay, by the way, two targets, two catches, 22 yards. I don't know how many snaps he played. We'll get that information at some point later in the uh, week or probably by tomorrow, I should say. But um, yeah, not the biggest game for Kenny Galladay. I think he had a couple catches in the first half and then just was not really used much in the second half at all. Only got targeted twice. He did have a 100% catch percentage. We'll give Kenny that. Now for the Kadarius Tony thing, it's very odd. Kadarius Tony did not play much at all. And I don't think he received his first touch until the fourth quarter. He got his first touch on the end around play with 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter so I don't know what the deal is with Kadarius Tony. I don't know if it's the coaching staff that was not happy with him of how the preseason and training camp went if they can't trust him because he has not been on the field due to injuries a lot or if it's like an attitude problem I have no idea but what I know is this Kadarius Tony is the Giants most talented receiver he was suited up he was healthy for all we know and was barely used today I know the Giants got out of here with a victory, but if your ultimate goal is to win games, why the hell isn't he playing? So that's my complaint about today and what I saw, but maybe he plays more in week two. It's hard to know what's going on. I'm sure Dable will get some questions about it. We'll see if he goes into it or not, but I don't know. To see Kadarius Toney, who once again is the Giants' best receiver in a lot of people's opinion, mine too, to see him barely play in this game and not get a single touch of the football until the fourth quarter is very, very odd. I think he touched the ball twice today. It was the end of the round play. He picked up like 15 yards, made a couple guys miss. Then there was the play a couple drives later in the middle of the fourth quarter where Kadarius Toney was, you know, on an end around and was supposed to be the quarterback and nobody was open. So we did another end around and picked up a few yards. So, you know, he was making guys miss. He looked good. He looked healthy. But for some reason, Kadarius Tony was like not on the field for a lot of today. It seemed like it was a lot of Richie James playing his role. And Richie James looked pretty good today. Um, had maybe one or two decent punt returns. Did have five catches for 59 yards. So it, it wasn't like any deep throws. It was mostly just catching slants and picking up first downs. So it was useful stuff. But I would definitely 
prefer to see Kadarius Tony. Um, you know, I think that Richie James is fine, but like the unknown of Kadarius Tony and how talented he is is definitely more intriguing than what Richie James is right now. We also saw some rotation with the offensive line. Um, we did see that Ben Bredesen got the first crack at left guard, and then Joshua Izudu came in um, some point in the first quarter. I believe it was pretty early. Um, I forget if he went back in or not. I did not like. I did not look at that very closely, but I remember seeing that Izudu replaced Ben Bredesen early on in the first quarter. I just feel like that left guard spot for the Giants might be a wasteland the entire year. I mean, hopefully somebody takes that job and runs away with it. But with Shane Lemieux being out and like you know Ben Bredesen being who he is and Joshua Izudu being a third round rookie. It's almost like I don't know what to expect from that position, but I guess we'll find out what happens. There's not much else to go over, I feel like. I mean, I'll definitely have my video with the entertainer at some point. I'm going to aim for Tuesday night with that. Um, you know, we'll definitely tweet out what we're going to do, but uh, hopefully that happens this week. And the Giants do get the Panthers next week as the Giants home opener. The Panthers were very close to winning today. They lost on a game-winning field goal by the Browns, so the Baker Mayfield Bowl did not go in his favor. So them coming off a loss, they'll be hungry. It is the classic letdown game if you're a Giants fan, but you know, hopefully they find a way to win that game. I don't take Carolina lightly. I think their defense is young and very talented. They have a lot of young, talented guys there. You know, Jeremy Chin, JC Horn, Yitra Gross Matos, Brian Burns, um, CJ Henderson, if I didn't say him yet. I mean, they have a lot of good young defensive players there. So um, Derek Brown was their top 10 pick a couple years ago, the def uh, defensive tackle. Um, they have a young, talented defense, and McCaffrey's healthy. I just mentioned how hard linebackers have a lot of difficulty covering, um, you know, running backs out of the backfield, especially if they if they had problems with Dontrell Hilliard today, and no offense to him, but if they had trouble with him, um, oh, Dak, Dak Prescott interception to Winfield Jr., awesome. Um, if they had problems with him, then I would say Christian McCaffrey might have a freaking field day next week, and the Giants have to find some way to counteract that. All right, so as we sit here now, the Cowboys, I think, are down 6-3, but Tampa's driving. It would be awesome if Dallas is the one team to go winless in this division. Um, I know the rest of the division won today. Washington was able to beat, uh, who the hell did they play? Oh, Jacksonville. They, they beat Jacksonville on like a game-winning catch by Jahan Dotson. Their rookie had two touchdowns. That was you know a great debut by him. And the Eagles won a very high-scoring game in Detroit. Not really a surprise. But yes, those teams are one to know. The Giants are one to know. Dallas here is looking like they might go down by a couple possessions. I just saw Julio Jones run an end around. That man looks fresh. Like, I know Julio's like 33 now, but he looks good. So maybe that'll be a problem there for uh, beating Tampa this year. Anyway, so yeah, for the Giants, they have a winnable matchup next week. I mean, t obviously, tomorrow is Victory Monday. We're going to enjoy that very much for the next few days. And once again, it's just crazy being over 500 for the first time in five, six years, six years. Um, you know, the last time the Giants were over 500, I mean, what was going on in the world? Like, it was 2016. Rashad Jennings was the starting running back. Victor Cruz was a giant. Like, it was a very weird time. Ben McAdoo was a rookie head coach. It's been a very long time since that's happened. Now, look, I don't want to be, like, a pessimistic person, but we do know in most matchups this year, the Giants will be outclassed talent-wise. But what I did see today is that this coaching staff will hopefully keep them in games. The offense now looks competent enough. The defense, once Aziz and Kayvon come back, will be better. And they were able to hold this Titans team to 20 points, which is not too shabby, especially for the lack of defensive talent on this team. I mean, outside of Adoree Jackson, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence... 
um, Xavier McKinney. There's not many noticeably good names on this defense. So I think Don Martindale did a really good job today, especially for the hand he was dealt. If, if Don Martindale had one of his Baltimore defenses that was more talented, maybe they hold the Titans to 13 points or 10 points. But with this Giants talent on defense, which is not much, we know their linebacker position is very thin. Their cornerback position outside of Adoree is very thin. I thought they did a very good job. So hopefully that stays and hopefully they have a duplicate performance against the Panthers. We'll see. So that's going to do it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Um, Giants related videos coming up here. So as I mentioned, the um, entertainer video, hopefully on Tuesday night, we'll have our discussion about the Giants. Monday or either Wednesday or Monday I'm gonna try and do I think Wednesday I'm gonna do like a a film review type video but not actually the film like I'm just gonna react to the highlights like I don't have time anymore to go back and watch every single play from like the coaches film all 22 version I mean I used to make those videos a lot a lot of people like them so it sucks but that was when I was in college and now I have to work full time. So it's like, I just don't have the time to do it. So I'm sorry, but you know, I'll go back and watch the NFL highlights. We'll react to them and see some of the main plays and see what takeaways I had, but that should be fun. So if you guys stay tuned for that, I'll probably do that on Wednesday. And usually on Friday, I try to go for the game previews. So with the Giants playing on Sunday, I'll try to have the game preview for week two versus the Panthers out by Friday. That's how it's going to go most weeks. So, you know, if anything changes, I'll let you guys know. But that's pretty much going to be the uh, routine around here until the Giants season's over. So hopefully we'll, uh, you know, worry about that in February when the Super Bowl is over. We'll see. So, yes, that will do it. Leave in the comments how you feel about today. Should be a lot of positivity. I hope you guys enjoyed the video and I will talk to you guys next time.